Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, where we share knowledge, philosophies, wisdom, and insight to help you on your journey in both sport and life. Introducing your host, Rob Riles. Hello and welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast. Welcome along. It's Rob Riles welcoming you to another edition. Now in today's program, I'm going to talk about some real key secrets, some information from a fantastic book. The book is by Michael Calvin. I've actually got a beautiful hardback edition. It's called Living on the Volcano, The Secrets of Surviving as a Football Manager. Now, as you know, we take a great deal of interest in the beautiful game in Leader Manager Coach. A great deal of our focus is all about leadership and the world of football management. So you can see how this volume is perfectly aligned with what we're all about at Leader Manager Coach. And there is so much in this book. It is so beautifully written and it is really authentic. It gives a great insight into the life of being a football manager. And some real eminent people have been interviewed and have given real open-hearted opinions on what it is like. So here we go. I'm going to pick out the bones of it and I think there are real lessons in this for every aspect of life. So, living on the volcano, the secrets of surviving as a football manager. The forward is by Arsene Wenger who had a couple of decades or there or thereabouts at Arsenal and the thing that comes out of his little bit is that you have to be able to live with uncertainty. And I heard somebody say that one of the barometers of happiness is how able you are to live with uncertainty. And I come across it all the time. And if you note how people act and people behave, you will see it also. Human beings want certainty. We are physiologically wired for certainty. That's why people like to make a lot of money, have it in the bank and then they feel like they're secure or they feel like they will be secure. That's why people take out millions and billions of pounds worth of insurance policies because it gives them a feeling of security. That's why people build homes and put things round like fences because it gives them security. We all are wired for security. Life, however, is not secure. We are born and we are totally vulnerable. We are totally vulnerable all the time. We are just spending our time making ourselves less vulnerable. You have to be able to live with uncertainty. And if you have any ambitions to work as a football manager, you better be able to live with uncertainty. Now the book very quickly goes on to Martin Ling and the book begins and ends with Martin Ling and Martin Ling is somebody who has suffered severely with acute depression and was severely mentally unwell and it appears that possibly it was exacerbated by the stress 
of his work. But the lesson in all this, in Martin Ling's beautifully vulnerable piece, is that you have to be open and honest. It took him a long time to open up and admit the truth of where he was at. And it could have been even more catastrophic. He freely admits his gratitude for the help he received from professional organisations and says nobody is immune from this happening to them. And in a way, I tend to agree. Look, some people are more predisposed than others to this kind of thing. Sure, but it can creep up on anybody and we are all vulnerable and open to mental challenges that can take us downhill very quickly, particularly when one, two or three things start to go against us. So the lesson here, folks, is take care of yourself. Recognise when things are giving you warnings. And certainly, most of all, do not be afraid to reach out for help. And then it goes on to talk. The book talks about all the time about the average tenure of a football manager being 18 months and the brutal way that people lose their jobs and their livelihoods. And then the next manager that's that's interviewed is, is A.D. Boothroyd, who's had a successful career and worked internationally as well. And one of the things he talks about is, is developing leaders. And again, at Leader Manager Coach, we've talked about, look, if you want to be successful in your life, you ain't going to do it alone. And you've got to look at helping other people develop. Develop so they're better than you. But listen, if they're part of your team and you're able to benefit from that, it's all good. And Boothroyd talks about developing players so that players become coaches, so that they do your job for you. They do the job for you. It kind of links to captain class. You know, Sam Walker's fantastic book about why great teams were great teams. They were great teams because they had a great captain amongst other things, but that was the common denominator. And what Boothroyd's talking about is developing people and not you keeping tight control and keeping everybody else down and you being the big leader. Ah, uh -uh. creating teams of leaders. Here's a great one. Don't take things personally. Don't take things personally. One thing about being a football manager is you're going to be criticised. You're going to be criticised probably more than the Prime Minister, more than anybody else. You're going to have opinions smashed across social media, smashed across the standard media, and you're going to hear it all the time. Verbally, in writing, in your face, you're going to get criticised. Not easy to withstand it, but you will have to not take it personally. And what a great lesson that is for life, for everything.
we don't have to take everything personally. A lot of things that are said to us are just because the person who is expressing that opinion feels that way and it's where they're coming from. We just happen to be in the way at the particular time. But one thing's for sure, if you want to have a, any longevity in anything, yes, you have to be diligent. Yes, you have to listen to criticism and make sure that you are on the right track yourself and that you're not miles off, but don't necessarily take things personally. It's a great lesson for life. Gareth, Gareth Ainsworth is another big contributor to the book, Wick and Wanderers and experience of doing great things with, with small budgets. And he again leads us back to that tenet that it's all about people. He says you spend more time being a counsellor and a social worker and loving your players than you do necessarily coaching tactics on the pitch. I've heard that many times. It's more about being a great man-manager. We've talked about it on leader-manager-coach before. We've talked about it with Jurgen Klopp. And it's more about that than just being a great tactician. Joe Dunn talks about, in the book, being a holistic coach. You cannot just be an excellent tactician. That is only part of the success. So in your life, whatever your profession your skill, your attribute. If you're an amazing wealth of knowledge on whatever it is, whatever your business is, if you are in the world of football and sport, that is only part of what you need to be great at. The other part is dealing with people, listening, understanding, being empathetic, and being able to lead and get the best out of all the people in your organization. Ian Holloway, or Ollie, he leads us on and talks again about communication. And there's a lot of things in this, in this book that do have similar slants. It just underlines the fact that of the Pareto principle, doesn't it? That 80% of our success comes from the 20% of the things that we do. And we'll try and summarize it at the end. Communication. And he talks about managing up, which in football terms is about your relationship with the owners or the chairman or the chairwoman. Because there's a figure cited that 35% of managerial breakdowns and job losses are due to a damaged relationship with the owners or the chairman. You need to get good at communicating and need to get good having a good relationship as far as possible with the people who pay your wages and own your club. An interview with Mark Hughes, Manchester United, Wales, managed with Blackburn, Manchester City, Stoke City, amongst others. He talks about getting people around you that are better than you underlines what we've just said, develop leaders, develop coaches on the pitch. He talks about the value of the increased knowledge we now have in sports, science and education. 
and how we can mine that and use that to get these incremental gains like the Sky Cycling team did with Dave Brailsford. Minimal gains that just get you higher and higher and higher. Sean Derry, when he's interviewed in the book, talks about going back to basics. It's the 80-20 rule. 80% 80 of your success comes from 20% of what you do, your basics, your fundamentals. Do your fundamentals well. There are people who've made careers and millions of pounds out of being Premier League players because they do the basics excellently. They do them well. Keep going back to basics. He also talks about removing bad apples from your squad. We all know that things go wrong. When things go wrong, people form cliques and people stop talking and people talk in little groups with people who side with their point of view. It's amazing what happens when you are able to discern who the negative influences are and who are the people who are not aligned with your vision. And if you do not remove them, it sounds brutal, but it's true, they will remove you and your, your life will be extremely unhappy. The whole culture of a place can change because one person is no longer there. The influences are often not fully understood, but it has to be done. Make no bones about it. There's a great piece in the book where Alan Pardew is interviewed. Managed Newcastle, amongst other clubs, probably the most famous one. And um, he talks about the value of understanding life in the pressure pot that's football management because of the perspective that he gained as a young man. So he wasn't a young man who was in an academy and went straight into professional football. No, he, he worked and he worked on building sites and grafted and went and played football part-time in the evenings and weekends to get himself into, into playing, to get his career going. And he uses that and recognises how valuable that was to give him a perspective on life. Because having that perspective is absolutely fundamental and necessary if you're going to be successful with people. Are you struggling to find that extra edge to help you stand out above the crowd? Separating yourself from the rest is often about personal leadership. Achieve your true potential and become who you really can be. The Leader Manager Coach Pro Course is a unique membership accessing the knowledge and wisdom from history's greats that will help you develop both personally and professionally to make you truly stand out. The Leader Manager Coach Pro Course. Access now at patreon.com leader manager coach. The next manager that's interviewed, and again, it's a great, a great insight into journeys and, and how people come, become successful, is Brendan Rodgers. Brendan Rodgers was noted for being an excellent coach as a young man. And there's not many people who don't say they're not, they're, they're surprised by, you know, the, the great career that he's had in the game as a manager. And... Brendan Rodgers talks about how make sure that you absolutely have a vision and it's simplified. 
so that you can share that with your people. It has to be simple. And it has to be something that people can buy into immediately. It might be deep and that might have complexities, but you have to portray it in a simple way so that people say, yes, I'm into that. I want to be part of this. I'm in. He also talks about facing challenges, having faced his own challenges in life and being able to resiliently carry on when things maybe on the personal front are extremely difficult. And again, I cannot resist pulling this one out. He talks about the quality of communication. And I've heard it said that the quality of your life is dependent upon the quality of the communications you have. And I wonder how true that is. I think there's a lot of truth in it. Because how much strife in life is caused by miscommunication. And if things were said differently, in a different way, at a different time, with a different tone and a different body language, there wouldn't be half the problems there are. Roberto Martinez underlines Brendan Rodgers' view, you have to have a vision. He also says you have to be brilliant at man managing, that your vision has to have a clarity and that you have to look at getting marginal gains. Lessons we've heard before, the same lessons from Alan Pardew, the same lessons from Mark Hughes, people who've achieved in the game saying the same thing. It's so interesting. Gary Monk's interviewed. There's lots from Gary Monk in the book. He talks about making sure your players, your squad, your people have the non-negotiables of hard work before you even start. He talks about the importance of your body language. It's communication at the end of the day. And as a coach, he talks about creating sessions that your players get stimulated from. Being a great coach. Getting players to buy in and feel part of the process. And then he talks about the longevity in the game and the journey. And talks about the great Marcello Bielsa, who was quoted as saying, when somebody asked him about a particular point, come back to me when you've analysed 10,000 games. I think that sums it up. Come back to me when you've analysed 10,000 games. Because with that kind of input, you develop senses and visions and clarity that you cannot get unless you go through that kind of process. It is simple as that. You have to serve your time, period. Mickey Adams, who had a, a solid career as a manager in the lower leagues and was known as a hard man, 
he talks about experiencing the job. And what he means by that is make sure you're in touch with everybody. So he uses the example of a factory owner who takes the time on a weekly basis to walk around the factory and speak to his employees and know what's going on on the ground floor at the cutting edge at the coalface so he's in touch so he's got a relationship and he understands he's not in his ivory tower big mistake it's a great one to learn for all of us he also tells a story that stuck with him all his life when he was asking a mentor of his as a young coach he was asking a senior coach or manager how to achieve something and the story went that this the the mentor said well if you wait long enough there might be a fellow that walks in here with a magic wand and then all your answers will be provided for you he said but otherwise you're just going to have to keep working and as the mentor left the room he said the trouble is I've never seen that fella he's saying you've no alternative but to keep working hard and keep persisting I absolutely love this one from John Still who talks about a value and he says it's better to tell the truth and make somebody cry than it is to tell them a lie and make them laugh I absolutely love that it's a key value speak the truth no matter what the consequences because it will see you through and it will see you right live the truth no matter what tell people honestly in a nice way if you can and he also talked about the huddle where after games him and players would have a huddle on the pitch now it's not clear whether they discussed the game or what happened but people used to be intrigued by the huddle all the players getting together and used to actually write into the club and ask if they could be part of the huddle what am I saying? The lesson here is that they created a vision of something that people wanted to be part of. People want to be part of something. And that huddle was re representative of the inner circle of greatness of that particular organisation. Can you create yours? Alan Irving who served as assistant manager to many other managers and also managed successfully on his own. He talks about never giving up on small, physically late developing young players. How many of us have done that? I certainly have. He talks about the passion that's needed to communicate ideas and he talks about the late great Jim McLean the positives and the negatives of Jim McLean as other people will allude to Jim McLean who's infamous in the city of Dundee in Scotland was 
known for his outbursts of rage and anger on a regular basis. And there's a lot of negativity talked about that. And with fairly so too. And Irving admits that, look, yes, you need the passion, but the anger needs to be kept under control. And that goes for all of us. Anger can be destructive. It's how we channel it and how we use it. Alan Irving also talks about the fact that you can read as much as you like, you can listen as much as you like, you can go on as many courses as you like, but nothing prepares you for the realities of the job. And I think that's true for so many things. At some point, we all have to fly. We have to be pushed out of the nest and flap our wings and see how we get on. We have to stand on the edge of that precipice and jump. That is a certainty because life is not theory, life is practice. And I'm certainly one of those who's probably been guilty of overstudying and over-preparing instead of getting my hands dirty at times. It can happen to us all. Chris Hewton's also interviewed. What a great career as a player and a manager he's had. A highly respected individual who suffered a great deal of racism as a young man who also had a trade behind him when he was trying to break into football like Alan Pardew. He talks about being a guide for young players, being there to guide people. He talks about the fact that if, you want it, if you've got somebody with potential, and obviously this is a little bit different from being at the business end, the results end of being a football manager, but he says it can take five to six years to develop a young player. And you haven't got time to do that if you've got somebody who's who's got to get results tomorrow but as a young coach or a coach developing young players don't 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 be too much in a hurry to make decisions about people because if there's potential there it can take time to develop Carl Robinson and there again another successful lower league manager talks about going back to basics the 80-20 rule being brave getting your philosophy down to a few key points that you can get over to your players and your staff so that they know what they're about they know what their identity is Sean Dyche talks about bringing your values into the club your honesty, integrity Hard work as non-negotiables. Let's just start with them. Lay that down. These are the non-negotiables. This is what we're about. This is what we do, period. Let's start there. What a great place to start. He talks about making sure that you're aligned with the board and treating people as people, not players. Yes, they're footballers, but first and foremost, they're people. You know, you're developing a, an organisation with values that has to survive, not just focused on techniques. It's long term, but it's beautifully successful. And Sean talks about how 
people say, oh, I want this, I want the fast cars, and I want the big house, and I want the money, and, and, and the adulation, and the glory that goes with the game at the top level. And he talks about not criticising people for wanting those things, but understanding deeply that the only thing that will get them is by winning consistently. And the only way that you win consistently is a, you apply yourself to the basics and do them again and again and again, and you master them. Focus on that and everything else will come. Eddie Howe, now at Newcastle United, talks about avoiding distractions and focusing on detail. And again, creating stimulating coaching sessions. Kenny Jacket emphasizes being ruthless getting rid of those that are not aligned with your values and having a clarity of vision. And the wisdom of Mick McCarthy is summed up in one sentence for him. Get a good assistant. Beautiful. It's never just about you. It's always a team. Shanks and Paisley, Fagan, Reuben Bennett, Clough and Taylor, and so on and so on. We don't do anything alone. Get a good assistant. We're coming to the end of the interviews. They interview Paul Tisdale. And he gives us that great insight that we've already alluded to, that success as a football manager is 10% technical knowledge and 90% dealing with people. I think... Harry Redknapp would agree with you in that, and so would many others. And that kind of brings us almost to the end of the key summary points in this great volume, which I implore you to read and have a look through. So summing up, what can we take as the secrets of surviving as a football manager? Well, it's all about the human touch, about people and psychology, over and above the technical detail. It's all about self-management, controlling your anger. How you respond when you're criticised. How you self-care. It's all about developing leaders in others in your staff, in your dressing room. There's a necessity to embrace the new, but not throw away the old. Don't throw away the fundamentals of honesty, hard work, and respect. But don't disallow the new world of sports science and statistics. A few key things that seem to run through like rivers on an island that are the 20% fundamentals that seem to give 80% of the success. So that folks is leader manager coach's take on living on the volcano by Michael Calvin. Hope you enjoyed it. 
Hope you got something out of it and I hope you got something that you can apply to your own work and your own life. Catch you later. Bye-bye.